Healing can happen when people share their stories. Welcome to Trauma, Trial, and Transformation. Discover true stories from those who were called to sit in the witness chair. Experience their journey through the legal process and beyond. This podcast brings to light the trauma and stress caused by testifying under oath and offers resources by talking with witnesses, key litigators, and mental wellness professionals to assist with different approaches one can utilize to prepare to take the stand and how to heal after the encounter. And now, here's your host, Juliet Huck. Greetings, everyone. Welcome to Trauma Trial Transformation on a beautifully sunny, big white cloud day in Los Angeles, California. As you all know, I love to talk about the weather being from a farm in Ohio. Just makes my day kind of happy. Boy, have I been blessed with some really amazing guests these past few weeks, and I'm just still in quite awe about who's coming forward in this quest of mine. And I'm not stopping here, let me tell you, because today we're going to continue on a subject I've always been fascinated with ever since watching the movie The Horse Whisperer in the late 90s. I don't know how many people know that movie, but Robert Redford, Kristen Scott Thomas, gosh, one of my favorite movies in the world. So today I'm talking to my guest who is from the cornfields of Haskins, Ohio. Have my heart there in the farm of Ohio. She's passionate for the outdoors. It's propelled her into a career she has today. She's got a bachelor's degree in outdoor recreation, environmental management, master's degree from Lipscomb University in psychology, a license in substance abuse counseling, and oodles of certificates. I love that, oodles of certificates. She is a trauma therapist who utilizes unique modalities to bring about change for those seeking different things in their lives. Probably, I would imagine, happiness. While she often facilitates adventures, wilderness therapy, she loves and resides in one of the modalities that's receiving quite the buzz these days, equine therapy. I want to welcome Megan Repass. Welcome, Megan. I hope I'm saying that correctly. You are, my friend. Thank you, Julia. And I'm also fascinated with the horse whisperer because I'm fascinated with Robert Redford. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Great a, movie. Right, right. So first, I have to ask, please tell me your horse's name, or if you have multiple ones, male, female, what, tell me a little bit about your companion there. Oh, I love that question. Well, my heart horse's name right now, his name is Finn. His full name is Blackwell Finn of the Great Outdoors, because, you know, yeah. he has to have a full name. And then, let's see, we got Tookie, Waylon, Memphis, Penelope, Buck, Secret, Surprise, and Merle wow. here at Onsite where I work. I just got done uh, feeding them their lunch and saying hi to them and oh. giving them some love. Oh, I was just, I was actually just out at a stable here in Burbank and last week. A friend of mine has a horse out there and it was just, I could tell that's her sanctuary. It was just so, mm-hmm. my, my friend Karen, she has a horse and she's, I can tell as soon as she gets around him, she's just like, whew, and it's so amazing to go out and her feeding and grazing. And oh, it's just so beautiful. So you've been a trail guide, horse packer led countless of people on back country on horseback and continue to do so today in your place of employment on site, right? I mean, that's your job at this facility? Yes. Yeah. It's a such a blessed career. I, man, I'm so grateful for where I'm at, but yeah, I get to lead clients from all walks of life and for all different reasons out in the mountains of Colorado and Montana and 
we get to have fun and play with horses and be in creation and mm. get to enjoy the healing process together. And I have walked alongside some incredibly resilient humans that, wow. yeah, that I've gotten to learn so much from. So grateful. Wow. Wow. So I, I know this is, uh, this, you're quickly becoming on my list of things that need to be on my living list, not my bucket list, my, as I call my living list, things I've been putting off. Oh, I like that. I want to be happy doing, not waiting till I'm too old to do anything. So mm-hmm. I'm going to do a full episode actually on site here in the spring. Oh, fun. Can you give me just a background for our listeners that what on site really is? So on site is an emotional wellness center. We create different unique programs to serve people for a variety of needs. We offer one day workshops weekend intensives, week-long intensives, and then we have a residential program here for people who need to stay for a longer length, maybe for more complex trauma, just need more time to do deep dives to see what's keeping us stuck, what's holding us back from living in our true authentic self. Mm -hmm. It's an incredible organization. It's a place where love truly does heal, love and Mm -hmm. hospitality, where we get to come and serve people in the way that they deserve to be served. Wow. I just, I, I met, um, I believe it was Amelia at the global exchange conference and I just got sucked right. in. I was like, okay, I, we, we got to talk with you guys because there's a lot of people out there that, that I think can connect, use your services. Um, I just want to be the resource for that. And and you guys have just been just so awesome. So it sounds like though, you, you, with your specialty, um, what, what would actually be your title? (laughs) <laughs> do you have a title yeah i do like any most awesome wonderful great companies it changes every day no my title is the director of equine and adventure therapy at onsite oh wow that's fantastic so tell me tell me some things that uh you've implemented with uh with or how, first how long you've been with the program and, and some programs you've implemented yeah absolutely so i've been with onsite for this will be my sixth year Mm-hmm. And I've gotten to implement our on-site adventures program. So that is a program where we take people, like we said, into the backcountry, take them to an environment where they disconnect from society, from technology, from their cell phones, from their significant others, their family. And they are surrounded by green space and nature in a way that oftentimes most humans aren't. Mm-hmm. So to be surrounded by mountains mm-hmm. where man has not touched mm-hmm. just sitting there if we did nothing except for sit around those mountains good things occur good thing happens yeah. but then when you put in the elements of other humans on a journey with you and then therapists trauma therapists and horses mm-hmm. wow. holy cow i can't i can't put words to it so um gotten to implement some really cool programs um out west like we said and also creating horsemanship programs here at OnSite and um, getting to work with clients in group therapy for equine therapy, individual therapy, some um, specialty workshops, uh, spiritual care stuff, which I am super mm-hmm. passionate about. And work then um, also get, getting to facilitate adventure therapy. It's uh, yeah. I love coming to work. I mean, honestly, I'm so grateful because when I go home or I'm on vacation, like when I go home to see my family, or I'm just, I'm gone from work. I, mm-hmm. I genuinely miss it. Wow. I can't wait to go back to work. What a good feeling. Uh, I'm almost jealous. I, 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 I keep thinking maybe I need to approach them and see if I can help work with them. <laughs> it's like there's so because from the witness side of life, 
there's so much trauma in it. And it's like, how could, you know, I'm, I'm, I really want to talk to Millie about that, but that's mm-hmm. another, another day, another mm-hmm. subject. But uh, I, I'm so um, happy to hear you say that because I think a lot of people get so nervous about stepping into the healing space, um, not only for them for as a profession, but for themselves to, to really look at yourselves, be in the silence. So, so tell me, like, you know, do you also, um, like, when you take people out, um, is it like, can you explain to somebody who doesn't know anything about, is it like a camping? Is it like a full week? Is it what, what, what kind of experience is that when you are disconnected? That's a great question. So we offer a couple of different types of experiences. One experience is more, more primitive based. And so horse packing into the Bob Marshall wilderness with some of the best outfitters ever created. Um, Mills Wilderness is who we go with in Montana. I want to give them a shout out because they're incredible. Mm. And so we have experiences for people who really want to feel what it is like to be immersed in the backcountry. And that looks like sleeping on the ground in a tent and using the bathroom by uh via a hole in the ground and, you know, going to the river. It's like, we're going back in time. Right. Pioneers. A hundred years. Pioneer days. Yeah. 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 Exactly. And I have firm belief that a lot of healing can occur with that just alone. Mm -hmm. But also it gives us a chance to remind ourselves how resilient we really are, Mm -hmm. how strong we actually are, how tough we are, uh, how vulnerable we can be Mm -hmm. and how we need each other to, to connect and to move forward in life and, and how to be in community. So when you ride a horse into the mountains and you set up base camp and you have a fire going and the cooks in the kitchen and the kitchen, mind you, is a tarp over some branches mm-hmm. and it's, it's a different environment yeah. and it pushes a lot of people what they think to their limits or their extremes. But then when they get out there, what we often recognize and realize is, oh, wow. I'm, I'm more comfortable than I thought it would be. Mm-hmm. Maybe the things that I thought I needed, I don't actually need. Mm. Like I haven't looked at my social media platforms for X amount of days and I haven't died yet. Right. <laughs> so those, those kinds of things. <laughs> yeah. So we offer those types of programs, but then we also, uh, we also offer programs where our base camp is in a lodge. So people are sleeping in a bunkhouse with a roof over the head with run, running water, or we go to um, a place called Lost Valley Ranch in Colorado, which is amazing. It's a dude ranch, and it's that experience just being on a, dude, a working ranch. Mm, yeah. It's a dying lifestyle that most people don't get to see or experience. Mm-hmm. And there's so much value in seeing seeing how how we used to survive or how we used to live and how our country mm-hmm. formulated to what it's now today, you know, and, mm-hmm. and getting to learn just different different walks of life. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if I answer that question, but our, our adventures programs, we offer different experiences depending on what the client needs. Cause not all clients need or want to sleep on the ground. Right. Heck, I, I love it. And there's times when I'm like, yes, I can't wait to be in a cabin with my Keurig and my fireplace. <laughs> so, you know, the, so yeah. it, it depends on the need. Yeah. So how, how, um, well, you know, the biggest thing I can completely connect on that was growing up on the farm. I mean, the, yes. you know, like you, uh, you know, I, I can recall so many times that I just didn't think I could do something and being out on the farm really did push me in a way. And I mean, even after I left, you know, I, I didn't feel that was the life for me, but yet 
I, I always called it the magic farm because I would get in these, you know, I'd go to trial and be in these really stressful situations and high profile and media. And I couldn't wait to go back. And I still sleep in my bed. I'd still sleep in my room. I'd still get out in the grass. I'd still get out in the fields. That, that, that natural connection. Um, I just don't know if people realize how healing it is. I mean, it's, um, can you speak to how the, how you connect that healing to nature? So my connection in terms of dream space and healing is to the creator of the creation. Mm -hmm. So the creator using creation Mm -hmm. as the avenue for that, that healing to occur. But if you just look at, we look at the science or the biology behind it, or just the research and the studies, there are thousands of studies now that show what happens to the human brain when we are simply out in nature. Mm. Uh, that's a whole nother podcast and a whole nother workshop. And there's wonderful humans in, who are working in this field to, to help us learn that, hey, we do need to disconnect and get outside more, mm-hmm. even if it's for 5, 10, 15 minutes a day, because we have all this research that shows our brains become calmer, they become quieter, we're able to hear ourselves think more, we're able to identify our emotions, and we are able to um, see that, you know, our heart rate goes down, we literally become calmer. Right. So we could we could talk a whole separate section about that of how does nature actually help us? And, and there's a 1000 different ways. That's, that's good, because that's, that's, uh, you know, I mean, I know I can't wait to get home to my dogs. I mean, I can't right. wait to get home to, you know, people, they say you start petting your dog, your heart rate goes down by, you know, a huge amount. And um, right. it really helps to, you know, just kind of, kind of take it to a totally different level. So it's, it makes total sense. Um, a lot of it is how to get people to understand that, especially if they're in the world of trauma. So I want to talk about trauma for, for a few minutes here. So mm-hmm. um, you also have a license uh, in substance abuse counseling, certified mm-hmm. clinical trauma professional using the EMDR, IFS. Um, how, do, how does this modality help fit into equine therapy? Therapy? Equine therapy? Yeah, so that's a great question. So it's important to understand, I think, for, for listeners, especially who might be looking for an equine therapist, equine therapy has three major parts. There is a licensed equi- uh, therapist, mm-hmm. licensed in either it's, you know, uh, counseling, social work. There is a licensed helping professional, a client or participant, and then a therapy horse. Mm-hmm. So... Every equine therapist has a specific lens that they are viewing the human and horse interaction through. Mm. So if I am an EMDR therapist and I'm viewing the horse and human interaction, I might be viewing it through an EMDR lens. Or if I'm an IFS therapist, it might be through that lens. Or if I'm a trauma therapist, it's through. So equine therapy, it's really important that when people are going to seek equine therapy, they want to make sure that they're finding the right therapist that meets their needs. Mm-hmm. So that might be, um, you know, if someone is searching for help with eating disorders, well, then you know, I, I want to find an, eat, an eating disorder therapist who specializes and right. is trained in that, but also is trained in the modality of equine therapy. Oh, wow. Yeah. There's a, I don't want to say it's not a misconception. I think I love how you reached out to me and asked because there needs to be more just just need more education around it, just more understanding. Right. Yeah. So that people are, are 
being connected with the right fit for what they need. Right. So um, the way that, back to your question, yeah, here at Onsite, all of us are, you know, licensed therapists and we have, um, we all come from an experiential lens. Mm -hmm. Everything that we do here is experiential, whether it's, we we do psychodrama, IFS, um, Mm -hmm. uh, adventure therapy, wilderness therapy, all the things we've mentioned somatic experiencing, you know, all from movement, from our body and the experience that's at hand. And so there's many different, I call it tools in our tool bag that we can pull from. And so I might be working with a client with horses, we're doing equine therapy. And in that moment, what's best for that client is we're going to, we're going to step into some EMDR Mm. and we might be in phase two of it. We might, might, might go into phase three, but you know, as a, a trained and certified EMDR therapist, I have that tool, my tool bag that I can go to. Um, it might not be that. They might need something else like, gosh, we're just going to do some mindfulness practice right now and some grounding and some resourcing. And this horse is going to be an awesome partner to help facilitate that process. Or it might be that we, we're going to do a little bit of psychodrama and mm-hmm. um, we might do a little bit of IFS. So, so, those modalities, those, mm-hmm. those um, different tools can be woven in through the equine process quite fluidly hmm. with experience. I mean, oh, obviously, wow. when, we all, when we all start in this field, it's going to be choppy. It's going to be tough. But the horse is such a gracious partner. Oh, my gosh. I can't tell you how many times. Well, I have, I have yes, fallen on my face metaphorically as a therapist. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know what to do. Well, there's, there's my first problem. It's not, I don't have to do anything, but the horse steps in and just guides and takes it over. One of a joke that I always see here at Onsite is as an equine therapist, I kind of feel like I don't really do anything. I mean, I do, you know, (laughs) it's my job to walk alongside the client and to, you know, right. Listen and and, hold space, like hold the space space for them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But also my language. Yeah, I have my therapy cap on. It's important. They're they're here to to have a service, but I'm also I'm also allowing the horse to step into their role in a very so, organic way. So how how do you train a horse to do this, or is is it a specific training, or um, how? That's a great yeah. question. I don't think I've ever been asked that question. Yeah, um, I would say that if someone is trying, or if I, I'll speak for myself, if I am trying to train a horse to become a therapy horse, then I got to, either I have a problem or (laughs) I'm trying to train the wrong horse. I I don't believe that we can train a horse to become a therapy horse. Could every horse be used in therapy? Yes. But should every horse be used? I would definitely say no. Mm. Therapy horses, um, they have a, well, first of all, they have certain demeanors and they have um, certain levels of safety where if I bring someone into a pasture or an arena or a round pen who has no experience with horses and mm-hmm. they don't have to have any experience with horses, that's kind of the whole point. I want to say the whole point, but people don't have to know anything about this animal to benefit from this, this form of therapy. I would not walk them into an arena or a pasture with a horse that is um, 
aggressive towards humans. That's not going to happen. I wouldn't do that. And although horses aren't naturally aggressive towards humans, they can be for different reasons. So um, it's, it's my job as an equine therapist to know, A, what horses should we use? And mind you, I want to, I want to, be asked mm-hmm. about the word use because it's kind of a buzz a buzzword right now. Right. It's my job to know which horses should I, should we partner with and which shouldn't we. And also the horses that we do partner with here, sometimes they have bad days. Sometimes mm-hmm. they have, you know, a sinus infection or they're not feeling mm-hmm. well or they are burned out. Horses can get burned out. I mean, when they're when when our horses are doing this work. They are yeah. also carrying the energy that the client is bringing into the session. Right. And so a horse can get checked out real quick if you are continually asking them to walk in and hold space for, for our clients, just like we can as therapists. It's the same thing. Oh, I want to ask that question. I, 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 you hit something I, I really couldn't wait to ask you was that, do you ever do a cleansing with a horse? Yes. Yeah, that's a great question. And so the cleanse can look like... Um, I'll use an example for Memphis. Hey, buddy, I love that horse so much. You are going to take the next three weeks off. You're just, you're going to be a horse. You're going to run. You're going to run and eat grass, and you're going to not have to worry about anyone approaching you to ask you for something. You just be you, buddy. So that works great for Memphis or Waylon. For Buck, a cleanse for him is he needs to go for a two-hour trail ride. He needs mm. that after a heavy session. And it's like he just wants to kick his heels up and get engaged with the, the senses around him and the trail and to be excited to see the deer and the turkey and to be connected to his rider and to be in, in partnership with them. That's what Buck needs. Mm. Uh, if I asked Merle to do that, he'd be like, this is not a cleanse for me. I don't because <laughs> Merle's a 27-year-old retired cow horse that oh, wow. he, he doesn't want a trail ride. He, he wants to just... Chill. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Cleansing for the horse is very important. We have to do it. And it's different for every horse, just like it's different for every human person. Right. Yeah. For every, yeah. For every person, every, whether you're a client or a therapist, we all have different ways to, to practice self-care and to disconnect. That's a great question. Yeah. That, that, that's, I've always wondered that because, you know, I'm, I'm such a big believer in transfer of energy and, you know, just like I just keep going back to my dogs. Everyone's got a different personality. One is coming with fear. One's coming with, uh, you know, super chill and you know the, the personality but it's also matching that personality with the person so i can tell the person walks in my house has got a different energy with a different dog you know it's i i i so tend to believe that i would imagine that horses have to be that times because of them being so sensitive because i mean when you say they you know they're having a bad day i know i've been thrown from a horse before and when i was a kid and i don't know if it could feel my energy being nervous around it or what it was but then other times i've been on horses and it's just been like you know it's been amazing you know but it's also that trust so how how do you get your clients to build trust coming up to an animal that is large solid how how do you build that trust it's a great question building trust with the client first is so important before we go into any space whether it's out into the backcountry in the mountains or, or with the horse. Also, I, as the equine therapist, I need to know that horse. I need to know the horse that mm-hmm. I'm working with. Not mm-hmm. always, because I've we can walk into you know environments where I've never met the horse, but I'm going to go out first so that I have a sense, and that horse, most importantly, has a sense of me and 
the horse and I have a conversation, not because I'm trying to lead the session, but because I want to create a space of safety for the client and the horse. And so right. first I need to trust that horse. That horse needs to trust me. Mm-hmm. Now there's some equine therapists that would disagree with that. That's okay. You know, we're all entitled to our opinion, but in my experience, I've seen sessions have different outcomes that are better when there's mm-hmm. trust between me and the horse first and trust mm-hmm. between the client and I as well. Yeah. So you're the because, messenger. Yeah. The messenger, because I mean, honestly, Juliet, clients might show up and we enter into the space to do this session. And the last thing that they need is to learn how to trust the horse. Right. That, that's the last. I was wondering item. about that. Yeah. That's right. the last item on the agenda, if you will. They're in the space where they need to trust themselves mm-hmm. and trust what's coming up in their body and trust that everything around them is not out to harm them. Mm-hmm. And so if, if, if I'm walking it was with the client in a session and I'm kind of just taking a solutions focused approach and I'm, I'm focused on this one item of, okay, I need to get the client to trust this horse, trust the horse, trust the horse. I've kind of missed the whole point. The whole right. Goal. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Cause you're focusing on, yeah, it's like, right. why, why are you, it's not your agenda, right? It's you're there to facilitate the healing process instead of it being, and I've learned that as a breathwork practitioner and doing my own stuff, it's not about me. It has nothing to do right. with me. Right. I'm just there to guide the process. You kind of feel the same way, but that's why I'm so fascinated with the horse that the horse would know that that's uh, I mean, is that something you instinctively feel with a horse? You know, which horse for which person? I mean, how do you, how do you go about that? That's a good question. So I, this is kind of like a catch all answer. Right. It <laughs> okay. depends on the client. It depends on the client. It depends, that's fine. What they, yeah. Yeah. What they need. Yeah. And, and it really does. Um, you know, sometimes clients need more direction. And if they ask for it and they say, Megan, I don't know. I mm-hmm. don't know which horse to, to choose. You had me walk out here and you've given me an opportunity to say, Hey, which horse do you feel more of a connection with? Or which horse do you feel like you want to explore a relationship with? Mm-hmm. And sometimes they literally are saying, I don't know, help me. And so if I kept saying, no, no, you pick, no, no, no. What, what are you feeling? It's not really help, helping them because they're literally asking to help them. So right. I'm going to help them. Right. And so then I'm going to, um, you know, rely on my relationships or understandings of the horses I'm around, or just sometimes my own gut tuition, God, and say, mm-hmm. okay, well, let's go with this horse. Yeah. And then we're going to go That's with it. And then what, yeah. <laughs> what shows up, what comes up in the moment. Right. Yes. The session is client driven. And I'm, I'm walking alongside the client and I'm listening to the client. It doesn't always mean though that I'm agreeing with the client. That's where it can get mm-hmm. a little, a little mm-hmm. you know, tricky. And so as a therapist, as a trauma therapist, if the client is bringing something into the session with the horse that is um, either further, this gets a, into a little bit of like, you know, neuro, mm-hmm neuropsych, if you will, but if they are in a neural network or neural pathway in their brain that, um, if I'm agreeing with what they're saying, all I'm actually doing is agreeing with this, Mm -hmm. um, distorted cognition or this, this, um, negative core belief, whatever you want to call it. And so there's a way that we can redirect the client to go back to the present moment, back to the horse. That's what's beautiful about the horse in this work is the horse has this amazing, 
amazing, just natural ability to agree with the client's true self, whatever you want to call it, their, their authentic self, Wow, the core of who they are. I really can't put words to it yet. I'm still formulating that. I'm, I'm you know, wow. maybe in years from now, but when a client is not being authentic and they're not in, in their, um, in their true self, I, mm-hmm. there's, there's, there's so many words we can call it, but when they're not really congruent with who they are, meaning they are, they're feeling lost or confused or they're, they're kind of rattled, if you will, mm-hmm. the horse will respond in a way that, that says, Hey, something is off yeah. and it can look different. Sometimes the horse, um, might walk away. Sometimes the horse might have a reaction. Sometimes, sometimes the horse might respond that is trying to actually help the client mm. come back to the moment, come back to the focus. And it's so cool. It is so wow. cool because usually the client can, can sense that they can pick up on that. And, you know, it's my job if the client is not noticing that observation with the horse, well, then I'm going to help redirect their attention to, Hey, what's, what's coming up in this moment? What are you noticing with this horse? What are you noticing in your body? What are you noticing around you? Wow. It's fascinating. Yeah. That's, that's so big. The mindfulness is really, that's one of the things that I really want to push on the witness prep is like, you know, how is somebody feeling in this moment? How is someone feeling after that moment? You know, we just get so, like you said, in the rush that we don't stop to say, what does that feel like? Cause you know, I, I'm a big believer too, that, you know, there's a higher power here that's bringing these two energies together for a reason for them to help, you know, and you can be the facilitator of that. What a beautiful space you're in. It's just incredible. But so how long, how long do you usually see results or can you see results quickly? Do you see results? Does it take some time? What, how, how do you, how do you measure success? Oh, wow. That's a great question too. So again, it depends on the client. It really, <laughs> it really depends. Yeah. Um, and it well, also sure. depends on, yeah, what, what are they showing up with? You know, if they're in residential treatment, it, it might take a little bit longer because they have four or five different things that are all connected in many different ways. And so it might take three months to see movement forward mm-hmm. and it might take three years. It might take, you fill in the, yeah. fill in the blank, but yeah. when it comes to the work we're doing, like, I'll use my own example. I have a personal horse, Finn. Love him to death. Great horse. That horse has my number, Juliet. I mean, he's got He puts his little cute hoof on my insecurities and just presses into him. And all of his 1,200 pounds just pushes down on him. And holy cow, they are coming out in a way where I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. I shouldn't be in this career field. Clearly, oh I'm writing about horses. I mean, like, it wow. is, it's, it's, a, it's a learning curve, to say the least. <laughs> and, but what's beautiful about this is that he's making me somehow, some way, mm-hmm. such a better equine therapist. Wow. And, and I think that one way is that I'm um, able to have more empathy and understanding with my clients, mm-hmm. but also he is, lovingly, I don't want to say forcing, he's not forcing me. Sometimes it feels like force, but he's lovingly challenging me. That's the word. He's lovingly challenging me to be a better listener to the horse and a better listener to the human. Wow. 
So to go back to your question, how long does it take to see outcome and results? Hard to say. I'm hopeful that Finn is going to teach me for the rest of my life. Oh, wow. That it's never going to stop. Even when he's no longer gracing this earth and mm-hmm. he's in his forever home and I'll see him one day, even when he's there, I'm still going to be learning from him. Wow. Just like I'm still learning from a horse, my first horse, you know, back yeah. when I was seven, eight, nine. So I don't think that we can put a time frame on it. However, to give people hopefully a sense of hope, I've seen people step into a ring with a horse and, oh my gosh, in 20 minutes, they're having awarenesses that they couldn't have in an office setting with a therapist they've been seeing for the last five years. Wow. And it's awesome. Oh, wow. It's incredible. It's amazing. It's incredible. That is absolutely amazing. So we're going to have to tighten up here a little bit at the end, but what advice would you give to someone who's exploring this type of therapy or that's trying to figure out, you know, what kind of therapy works for them? But what advice would you for equine therapy give advice yeah, to someone? Yeah, good question. Um, I would say if they have a, their own therapist already, if they have a counselor they're seeing, ask for guidance and support from them. Ask them, hey, do you know anything about equine therapy? If you don't, do you know any equine therapists in the area that I can call, that I can connect with, that I can ask questions? That's a huge resource. I would say also to... <laughs> Google is a great resource. I hate mm-hmm. to say that, but no, it is. It's true. It's true. And I would say that if they have an interest, if someone is thinking about it, then explore it. Yeah. There are so many great resources out there that offer different programs that meet every need. Oh, wow. And they offer different programs that can meet your needs financially. They can meet your needs, whether you're seeking mental health, emotional health, spiritual health, Or sometimes people are just looking for a new hobby or a healthy outlet or a healthy resource, and they want to learn more about horses. So going and volunteering at a barn or going and volunteering at a therapeutic riding facility or a riding center, Mm -hmm. those are great choices, great options. Wow. Wow. And honestly, if they have nowhere to go, reach out to me. I love helping people. All right. So where do they find you? Well, you can share my email. You can look at onsiteworkshops.com. Mm-hmm. Go to, I think it's like our team. Right. I should probably know this, but about whatever our team and <laughs> I'm in there somewhere. Type in, yeah, type yeah. in Megan, how about this? Type in Megan Repass in Google. It, it usually comes up with Onsite. I'm happy to help anyone find any resources because I'm a huge fan and obviously a big supporter of this type of work because it helps. It works. And it's fun. It's also fun. Maybe I want to put that in there too especially for people who are nervous about stepping into therapy for the first time, equine therapy is a great entry point. Wow. Because you are outside with horses, oftentimes just enjoying the moment of being around a horse. Mm-hmm. Versus sitting down at a therapist and face-to-face and having to like spill your guts, you're actually able to slowly walk into the process. Yes. And I, that's brilliant. That's brilliant. That's yeah. Really how great. boring is that? And I'm saying yeah. that and I know that all <laughs> my coworkers are laughing because I also do sessions in the office. Yeah, because I've been to therapy and I know that. But the first yeah, few times you're so just boring. like, oh, man, person. how could I? Yeah. You so. know what? That could be a catchphrase or a t-shirt or something. Right. Talk therapy is boring. It's better with horses. There okay. You go. Well, I'm thinking about doing a series of t-shirts and that will be your quote that uh, will come under your name for sure. That would be fantastic. So, yes. (laughs) 
Well, Megan, I really, really, uh, we would definitely continue this conversation here down the road. I want to talk about, you know, getting out in nature and stuff. I'll reach out to you here in another few months or whatever. But thank you so much today. This was just so, so, so educational and just feels good. You're just really great energy and what wonderful work you're doing. I can't thank you enough for supporting the podcast. And, and really, I know this isn't your favorite thing to do, but I'm really grateful that you took the time to talk to me today. So thank you so much. Thank you. I appreciate it. When you come out to onsite, when I sit and do a podcast in this office, my speech, like I, it's choppy. <laughs> if you come to onsite, let's get on a horse and go for a ride and we can talk all day long. I'm coming. So thanks cool. again so much. Yeah. Thank you. Appreciate you. Yeah. I appreciate you too. So I just want to thank everybody today for joining Megan and I in this amazing conversation. Like I said, I've, I've just been so blessed with the people coming forward and don't forget, go out, spread some love. Have a great day. Thanks for listening to Trauma, Trial, and Transformation. If you want to share your experience as a witness, please forward your information to info at juliethuck.com. For more information on Juliet's 30-year career in the courtroom, visit us at juliethuck.com. There you can find your books, The Equation of Persuasion, and 50 Ways to Get Your Way, available on Amazon. Remember to follow and subscribe to Trauma, Trial, and Transformation wherever you listen to podcasts. The content, opinions, and information shared by the hosts and guests on this podcast are not to be considered professional legal advice or therapeutic counseling. If you need assistance, consult with a licensed attorney or therapist if you are appearing as a witness, experiencing emotional trauma, or are involved in any sensitive legal matters. The views expressed by guests are their own, and their appearance on the program does not imply an endorsement of them or any entity they represent. Thank you.